This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 301 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Brought to you by Bimita Dewormers, Mill Creek Spreaders, Coragem Superior Topical Wound and Infection Remedy, and Total Saddle Fit. This is Reese Koffler Stanfield from Wellington, Florida. And this is Philip Parks from Fergus, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. With just Reese and I having all kinds of problems. Today. I know. It is, it is one of those days, isn't it, Philip? How uh, it are you? It seems like it happens every time Glenn is not here that we have issues. <laughs> so true. But it, we I have mean, issues. I'm not sure it has anything to do with him being here or not here, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Well, how are you after a couple weeks off? Uh, I'm still cold. Uh, oh, still my goodness. Stuck in the I, snow. Are you surprised? I honestly, no. I have okay. to give a shout out to my team in Kentucky because Kentucky got slammed with 20 inches of snow. Absolutely record breaking for us. Like, I know for you that's not that much, but well, Kentucky enough. has like one, it has one snowplow, like literally one. <laughs> so, uh, you know, the whole, uh, but my husband, Travis, uh, was awesome. Like he plowed the driveway. He made sure the guys could get to the muck, uh, to the, you know, we have to, we take our muck to the dumpster. So he made a, a, you know, a path to the dumpster. He made a path out to the paddocks. I mean, high five to him because <laughs> he was on that tractor. He must've been on it for quite some time today. And, uh, it's just brutal. It's going to be really cold. And, oh gosh, I, I lived through the first snowmageddon. I don't, I'm not sure <laughs> I ever want to do that in my that life. Everything is going to be fine yeah yeah but they've done a great job so shout out to my team in kentucky uh they've been amazing so um and really really good stuff I think, so I think, you know, good for them and know, for, as far as the weather goes they're gonna uh, i think it's gonna turn around now and we're gonna have a, a really nice march i hope so my <laughs> goodness i am praying for all you guys up there i really am because we're coming home in a couple weeks so yeah. oh my lord just i think wrap, all of us just would wrapping die. it up we are. We have about three more weeks down here, and uh, it's been a great season. Uh, we're going to hear later in the show from my working student, Lauren Hunter, to talk a little bit about sort of her experience of being a working student in Florida. Uh, a couple of listeners had asked a question about being a working student, so we snagged Lauren. Um, and we're also going to hear from Shanine Herdado. She's got a great exercise ball, uh, yoga ball for dressage. Um, and it's great for everybody who's stuck in the house and can work a little bit on on some fitness. And I practiced um, actually a little bit down here. So lots of good stuff on the show today. Awesome. Well, let's get to a little. We got a little bit of news that we wanted to update everybody with. So uh, why don't you lead yeah. into that? Sure. Uh, Tokyo 2020 Olympic equestrian events has moved to the 1964 Games venue. So it's going to be in the same venue in Tokyo uh, as the 1964 Games, uh, which is actually a change of venue, uh, which was approved by the Olympic Committee. So uh, 2020 in Tokyo, uh, that should be fantastic. That kind of makes sense, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they probably you know, already just have the to, to revamp the, an old, you know, showgrounds or whatever. I don't know if they've been ho- hosting show, shows there recently or whatever. But that's you know, it's great to update you know all that stuff and uh, have a new place. And then we have a great shout out to a super friend of the show, Olivia Legoy Welts, was awarded the twenty five thousand dollar Carol Lavelle Advanced Dressage Prize. 
Um, she's been a contender with Racing's Lonoir for a uh, small tour place on the United States Pan American Games team. And uh, I think the money will go towards uh, helping her reach her goals of, of being um, a qualified rider for that team. So that is amazing and awesome. Congratulations to her. Yeah, she's a good friend of both Philip and mine, and um, she's a hard worker, and she owns this horse herself. She's she's also in her 30s, and uh, so this, I know, is going to be a huge, um, it takes a lot of the burden off of owning an international horse. As we know, the expense is extremely high, so uh, we're looking forward to seeing for her and cheering her on, hopefully at the Pan American Games. She's a huge contender for that, so uh, couldn't be happier for her, so wanted to give her a shout out, and uh, we're going to get her on the show. She's come on multiple times before, and... Yeah, see what she she's going to do come with back the money. On now that she's a superstar, right? I know. Exactly. <laughs> come back on yeah. for sure. That's cool. Uh, and, so, uh, yeah, sorry. We were just going to talk about the uh, the dressage derby that's been going on. And you actually went over yeah. to, to watch a little bit today. Yeah, we did. Actually, Lauren, Ashley, and I played a little hooky today. It uh, doesn't always happen, but um was fun to, to play a little hooky and uh, head over to the horse show. So that was great. We headed over uh, to see the last group of the Grand Prix. So that was that was fun. And we got to see Laura Graves, her first Grand Prix back. And uh, Philip, you've got, um, you have I got the, results. the info I got the results. pulled up. Yeah. yeah. Which is um, interesting. Lars Peterson won again. I think he's pretty much undefeated mm-hmm. in these uh, yes. in these CDIs. This is a CDIW, so these will the the um, the not the Grand Prix, but the the freestyle score will quali- qualify riders for the World Cup in Las Vegas in mm-hmm. April. Mm-hmm. So this is why Laura Graves decided to show. She needed to get in two freestyle scores to be able to qualify to do that show. So. Um, you know that was great. She she was second behind Lars uh, this time. Mm-hmm. Lars has a seventy two point. I mean these these scores are really close. First was Lars, next was Laura, uh, third was Shelley Francis with Doctor, and then uh, fourth was uh, Tino Williamson and Di Vertimento. Uh, great horse, great rider, really nice riding from her. I saw her in Florida again uh, this last trip. F- uh, fifth was Michaela Gunderson and My Lady, who has been doing. Awesome. And then six, uh, Lisa Wilcox. Uh, Pico de Cero, seventh. Um, Christoph Koschel from Germany with Tiesto. Uh, eighth, Catherine Haddad, Stellar, Stellar Haddad, whichever way she says it. Uh, Mainstream Hotmail was eighth. So uh, between first and eighth there, eighth was a 69.7 and first was a 72.9. So really competitive. And there was a lot yeah. of rides in this Grand Prix. So, yeah, it was a long day. And and I have to be honest, I mean, Laura had one judge that was significantly lower than the other judges. I think she ranged in her scores from a 75 yeah, to 67. Yeah, 75.3 uh, was uh, the top judge. That was uh, a German judge who was sitting at B. And um, her lowest score was from a German judge sitting at E. With a sixty-seven point five, so she was first from the one from three out of the five judges, and fifteenth from the, from the one judge. So, I mean, that's a little interesting. We always talk about you know the scores and and the position of the judge and you know all these things, but uh, um, I don't know. So, you know, some one person yeah, sees things one way, and one one yeah. per, another person yeah. sees it another way. So. Um, right, right. So, she had yeah, a good ride. You know, it's though. it's tough. You got to get out the the quirks and and the kinks a little bit from not showing for. I think it's been about six months, 
And uh, mm-hmm. she herself yeah. said in the, in the uh, post interview that she had made a few mental errors, a few mistakes that were not the horse that were the rider. So, uh, you know, that's. Uh, I mean, she obviously had yeah. a, a great ride, and, uh, and we'll look forward she to did. the freestyle on Friday. Yeah, it should be fun. And you know, uh, if anybody gets a chance to watch Laura, she. Um, I actually didn't. I've seen Lars all season, and to me, his mare wasn't quite as good today as she's been. I have to be honest. Um, and I love that mare, and I love that combination, and they've done phenomenally. But watching Laura, if you get a chance, you know, it's just fun. She does a great job um, with her, with Diddy. That's his name, his nickname. She's <laughs> had the horse his whole life. And yes, they really have an amazing partnership. Yeah. So it's fun to see her ride him because you can you look at that and say, okay, that's that's what I want to do. <laughs> that's what I want to do when I grow up. Uh, so fun, fun to watch and should be fun to see her tomorrow. So looking forward to that. So really good stuff. I will let you know firsthand how it goes. So. Right after this commercial break, we're going to talk with Lauren Hunter. She is a working student here at Maplecrest Farm South uh, to hear about her experience in uh, Wellington, Florida. Monty Roberts has been using and talking about CoreGem for four years now. CoreGem is one of the leading suppliers of Brazilian killer bee propolis, both in liquid and cream. As horse owners, we want a topical product that provides superior results for girthage, saddle irritation, rain rot, and all fungal issues, even scratches and ringworm. CoreGem does it all. We also want a product that heals wounds fast and minimizes the appearance of scars. CoreGem does that too. And we want it to regrow hair in affected area and reduce skin inflammation, and CoreGem does that. Plus, it contains no steroids, antibiotics, or chloride. It is non-toxic. It's even safe when your horses lick it, and we know they will. Used and recommended by veterinarians, breeders, and trainers from all over. Get CoreGem today at CoreGemAnimals.com. That's C-O-R-I-G-E-M Animals.com. And use the coupon code HRN2015. That stands for Horse Radio Network. HRN2015 and get 10% off your next order just because you're a listener to this show. That's HRN2015 at CoreGemAnimals.com. So you've been thinking about getting a manure spreader? Well, here's why I think you should consider Mill Creek. They've been in business for almost 30 years with continuously improved designs to meet the needs of horse owners like you. At Mill Creek, models are virtually maintenance and trouble-free thanks to their exclusive sealed bearings. They're the only compact spreaders you'll find like that. Mill Creek customer service is second to none. Call them and you'll reach a knowledgeable person in their own factory right in Pennsylvania. With eight models available, they're happy to help you choose the right spreader for your budget and barn. Five models can be pulled with ATV or garden tractors. If you'd rather have a PTO drive, they've got those too. At Mill Creek, spreaders have the lowest sides and tongue weight of any on the market. One of the biggest problems we always had with our spreaders is they just rust. Everything rusts out and then you have to replace the metal and it's just a pain. If you don't want to ever have to worry about your manure spreader rusting again, then consider the Mill Creek Stainless Steel line. They are the world's first and only compact manure spreaders built out of stainless steel, and they're warranted against rust through for life. 
Julie Goodnight, clinician and star of Horsemaster with Julie Goodnight on RFD-TV, has owned and used the Mill Creek Spreader every day for over nine years. She knows they represent great value and quality and is proud to endorse them. Some of the best compact manure spreading equipment you can buy, check out Mill Creek's lineup. Years of trouble-free operation will get you out of the barn faster and give you more time for your horses. Give them a call today at 800-311-1323 or visit their website at MillCreekSpreaders.com. The perfect holiday gift. Well, this evening is a special treat. We have actually my assistant and working student this winter, Lauren Hunter, on the show. How are you, Lauren? I'm good. I'm very good. <laughs> well, thank you. Thanks for coming on the show because we have gotten multiple listener questions about working student ship in Florida or or away. That so was, that was thought, ship, working student ship. Yes. Okay. The working student ship. I think that's that's a that's a word. I just made it a word. Um, <laughs> if horsemanship is a word, so is working ho- student ship. Horsemanship has become a word, so working student ship is my new word. So, <laughs> but Lauren, we <laughs> we wanted like to have it. you on. Yeah, we um to kind of talk about being a working student in Florida. So uh, I'm going to let Philip lead this because Lauren has all kinds of dirt on me. I'm sure. So <laughs> you uh, want to tread <laughs> very carefully around this this uh, interview I yes guess, huh? <laughs> exactly well, yeah good. lauren does live with me <laughs> yeah <so. laughs> all right well um, um my first question is just what led you to to decide that you were going to even look into um doing a working student position well i think as a young rider in general um we all have a lot to learn and what better way to learn about what you may be considering as a future career. Um, You know, I have always dreamed of being a trainer. And what better way to learn and find out if that's something you still want and could do than to go work with somebody like Reese firsthand and get the experience and really submerge yourself in that life and see if it's something that you still love and that you feel like you could do. Um, So I feel like I definitely have gotten what I came down here for, which is an eye-opening and awesome experience to see how the world of top dressage really works. Well, tell us a little bit about um, your riding experience coming into this and maybe your teaching experience and, and, uh, you know, what led to this this point. Strangely enough, nobody in my family... um, really knows anything about horses and it it just kind of happened that I fell in love with them through just you know little trail rides or pony camp um so I've been riding since I was about eight and I'm from Cleveland Ohio um I have been actually with the same trainer in Ohio uh for most of my life and have shown horses that I borrowed from her through fourth level and I just bought my first young horse his name is Loxley and he's four this year um so he's come down with me and um I met Reese through her assistant who had been my friend for a while and um heard about this opportunity and jumped on it and I've been able to ride other horses that Reese has so it's it's been a really awesome experience, and um, 
right now I'm just working on, um, like basics with my baby, but, uh, getting to do some more advanced things other than walk and trot and canter circles uh, with the horses <laughs> that Reese provides. No, well, but tell, it's been really us. good. Oh, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Reese. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, you, no. I was going to say, you know, when we talked about and Lauren had our interview, and I think that it's always really important to sort of lay out all the expectations. And we say that, um, you know, we've done, we've talked a little bit about working studentship, my new word, um, as we came. But Lauren came to Kentucky, and we really had a, we, you know, I tried to really lay it out. Um, because Florida is is a difficult place to to be a working student and and trainer because you know we just there's not the time off that we get at home it's a really intense um, so you know I tried to be really specific about it and Lauren was really open and said I have a, a, a three turning four year old should he come and I said you know yeah I think he should come because I think that uh, Florida for that age uh, there's so much to learn here. From there's wildlife. We have a bird, don't we, Lauren? <laughs> the birds that come uh, and walk around the arena. Kevin. Yeah, we have birds that walk around the arena. There are snakes that Lauren and Loxley. I'm I'm terrified of snakes. I yeah. can't function with snakes. So Lauren and Loxley like actually chased a snake the other day. Um, you know, it's just a really, really different environment. And I, I do truly believe with the young ones, Loxley's age, you know, they learn a lot. He had to go on a trailer from Cleveland all the way, I mean, a van all the way down here. So, I mean, he's had to learn a lot um, as well. You know, this Definitely. has been a really big learning experience for him. So I believe, you know, uh, I don't know if I would just bring a four-year-old to Florida, but, you know, without the group, but, um, you know, we have 11 horses here, which <laughs> Lauren, Lauren and Ashley and I have all really had to, you know, that's a lot of, lot of work and a lot of horses to get done every day mm-hmm. and take care of. And, um, and so Lauren and I sat down and, and we did a contract. We talked very clearly about what her, my expectations were and what her expectations were. Um, and I w- was a working student not that long ago, <laughs> getting longer every year. Um, but, you know, I really try because I felt like when I was a working student, there were things that didn't happen that I felt like should have happened. So I try to be sensitive to that. Um, but I think that that's one of the biggest things. Wouldn't you say, Lauren, when you go to be a working student, you need to be very clear with all of the expectations. And, and yeah, I think that I that's, think that that's a big deal. very important because it is a lot of work, but um, because Reese and I had established what we both wanted out of it, um, everybody's happy because we understand and we knew coming into it. And, you know, if we had it and if I had come down and, um, you know, I thought one thing and felt like I was working really hard not getting it, I know a lot of people can be really disappointed in that way. So definitely having an understanding of what you're getting yourself into is important or else, you know, might not make it <laughs> because it's just, it's hard if you don't feel like you're benefiting, but if you know what you want and you come down and make it happen for yourself and you have somebody helping you, then it's amazing. Yeah, for sure. Talk to us a little bit about the training of your young horse. I mean, maybe some misconceptions that you had before you come down, stuff that you've learned about riding, because, um, 
I saw you on this young horse when I was down there not too long ago, and and so I'd like to I'd like to hear from you your perspective of of the whole thing. I mean, I know you now you've got maybe two or three weeks left in Florida. Um, you know, have you met have you have you guys met the expectations that you came down with to what he should learn and and stuff like that? Yeah, well, he is my first um, baby that I've worked with um, that it is mine that I've owned. Um, I've helped trainers work with their babies or their clients' babies, but I haven't really had my own. So everything is new and a learning experience for me. And I didn't really have a whole lot of expectation for his progress. Um, But he has made amazing progress since he's been down here. Um, One thing that has really been difficult for me but that I'm learning is knowing when to push a baby to the next step. Um, Because in the beginning, you know, when he's first broke, it was an issue of just go forward. He doesn't need to worry about um, being round. Uh, If he's not moving, there's no energy, then there's no energy to shape. And so at first it's very basic. And then when you say, okay, you know how to do this, I'm going to expect it every time I get on. Um, and we're going to push him to that next step. So I have learned along the way when he can be pushed and expected to do a little bit more and try a little bit harder and not um, overfacing him. So recently we've been working on leg yields and noticed that he does them very easily one direction and fights the other direction. So that was an indication that that was something I could push him for because if it's super easy for him one direction and he's going to fight the other direction, then it's fair for me to say, okay, you can, you can do it one way. You need to do it the other way now. And once I made it clear to him that he had to do it, he responded really well. And um, it turned out to be a learning moment for both him and I. And so we've had a lot of breakthroughs like that. And to some people, they might seem like small breakthroughs, like, oh, we did a leg yield today, or we, <laughs> we can't understand. But with a <laughs> young horse, they're exciting. They're yeah, but I mean, us. that's, that's so. all it is, you know, uh, in horse training, it's just a series of small breakthroughs. And then all of a sudden, you're piaffing around the arena. That's, you know, that's, that's what it is, right? You know, little steps towards, right. towards the end goal. So I think that's, that's a good thing to realize. You know, at whatever the, right. the stage of development is, that the, the, that the horse has to do these, you know, small things before it ever comes together. And, and then before you know it, you're, you never know where you are. So tell us a little bit about what right, a typical... Right, and I... Yeah, sorry. I just wanted to know what a typical day looks like for a, a working student. Oh, well, every day is a little bit different, but generally for <laughs> us, um, <laughs> we'll wake up and... Um, get all the horses fed and turned out and we'll clean stalls and clean through the barn and groom. And, um, a lot of times Reese will have lessons and we will either take turns or depending if time allows, we'll both get to come and watch them, sometimes video them. And that's really cool. And then once we get a little bit more progress, we'll start, working our horses and we get our lessons. Um, 
the typical day is usually from around eight to five. And so it's, it's a lot of work. It's, um, all things that just comes with horsemanship and keeping and having horses. Um, but we do have 11 horses down here, so it is a lot, but with three people working hard, it makes it easy. Yeah, and there are days, you know, there are days that sometimes they go smoother than others, and some days we have to have the vet or the farrier or the chiropractor or whatever. So I think it definitely, I like how Lauren says, it, it varies. Sometimes we get up and it, it goes beautifully, and then other days... Uh, not so much. <laughs> and I think we've learned, you know, we've just kind of laugh and we, we work through it and we live here at the farm and Lauren I'm sure has lots of, uh, we live together, which is uh, tough. I, I mean, I think it's, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily want to live with my boss either, but we have a little cottage here that we live together. So we've gotten to know each other really well and Lauren's wonderful and sweet as pie and, and I'm not so sweet. So <laughs> she does beautifully with me, but, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's no, been it's, great. We it's actually been awesome, yeah. It, we've had a really good season, and we have our own farm here, so um, which is really quite nice. We can kind of do our own thing and feed the horses and come back in for breakfast. Or uh, Lauren and Ashley are great, and they go on runs in the morning sometimes. And I, I hear their alarm go off, and I go back to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh no, I'm not, I'm not doing that cardio. But um, and then there are days like today. We honestly played hooky a little today. Uh, the Grand Prix uh, for the CDIW was going on, so we ran over to the horse show for a couple hours, um, which was fun. And then had lunch, so we had a we we try uh, to play a little hooky while we're here and and see some other things and and you know we have lessons and I try to be. Lauren is an awesome videographer. So she gets to come to almost all the <laughs> lessons and video all the lessons. So there are traits, you know, everybody, uh, when you learn um, about that. So, uh, you know, so you never know. So we try to, to have a good time, and uh, but we do work hard. And I think that's the biggest thing with Florida. If When you're ready to come to Florida or California or you're a working student in general, it's a lot of work. But, you know, the trainers are working hard too. So everybody works hard. Uh, I think we'll all be excited to have a day off when we get home. Um, but yeah. Lauren's been fantastic and, and we've done lots of cool things. So, um, but Lauren, thank you so much for coming on the show and, and not giving too much away on, on the dish on me. I'm surprised <laughs> Philip's been so nice yeah, about the thank questions. thank you for having me. <laughs> but uh, we look forward to hearing how Loxley does in the future. And I think Philip and I can both throw in with young horses you know, the thing about young horses, and I think trainers even feel this way, um, that's always the biggest question. And one of the things that we've talked about the most with you here is how much do you ask a, a young horse and when do you ask the questions? And I think that's always the biggest challenge and something that we've worked on, but something we'd like to have you back on the show and, and hear your take on uh, Loxley in the future and how... Um, how it's going. So thanks for coming on the show and yeah. we look forward to hearing about your future and your career in the future. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me and I look forward to it. Well, we thank Laura for coming on and talking to us about her experience in, in Wellington, Florida, and we hope that she continues with her riding education and, and will become a great trainer one day. So that's perfect. Um, next up, we have the second part in our deworming series from Bimeda, the wormer that all of the hosts on the Horse Radio Network use. 
Well, Glenn here with the Horse Radio Network, and I have Dr. Ellison with us, and he is a Director of Technical Services with By Media Incorporated. And, well, so t- we're talking about dewormers. We did the first part last month on the shows, and I'm sure everybody heard that, and we're doing a second part. And today we're talking about product labeling and FDA approvals. So you go into the tech shop or you're online. What can you learn from the product labels of all these different dewormers out there? Well, it's, it's really interesting um, how few people actually read a label. <laughs> um, and I guess we're, we're all kind of guilty of that uh, in different aspects of our life where we don't want to read directions. We just you know, want to use something. But what you can learn from looking at the label is what that product has been approved for and which parasites it will uh, control. Not all the products on the market are approved for all of the essential parasites. Um, and, you know, it's really important also to look at uh, what weight uh, of animal can be treated with that tube of dewormer that you're picking up. Some are 1,250 pounds and uh, others, like Equimax, are 1,320 pounds. So, you know, there's, there's differences from that standpoint. And also there's a safety profile that you're going to see. You know, is the product approved for pregnant or lactating mares? Is it approved for breeding stallions? Uh, how young can a foal be when it's started on that product? That's all going to be listed on those labels. And I have seen people, you talk about the weight, and I have seen people with ponies just squirt the whole tube in and not, you know, and then say, ah, I don't worry about that. Isn't it important not to give them too much, too? Absolutely. Absolutely. Some of the products on the market do not have a very wide margin of safety. Uh, you know, there is a, in some cases, there's a narrow range between uh, the efficacious dose and the toxic dose. So, yeah, it's very important to have an accurate weight, and it's very important to give the amount of product that's required. And it's also important not to underdose, because then you're getting into an area that we'll probably talk in the future called resistance. You're you're more likely to to develop resistance uh, on your farm or ranch uh, if you're underdosing your animals. Let's talk a little bit about that now. Talk about resistance. Resistance is, is something that, you know, we've been talking about in veterinary medicine, especially on the equine side, for the last uh, five to ten years, and, and it's been a real concern for us uh, with equine antiparasitical. Every time we deworm our horses, we are essentially selecting for parasites that are resistant to that particular active ingredient in that dewormer that we're using. So the more often we deworm the greater the opportunity for resistance to develop. Uh, so we've really now uh, taken on a targeted approach to deworming where we're identifying uh, horses by uh, their ability or, or propensity to shed eggs. And we know there's basically three groups, low shedders, medium shedders, and high shedders. We know that 80% of the horses out there are going to be low shedders, and then that there's a 20% out there that will be those high shedders. And those are really the horses that we concentrate on. And we, we, uh, we make sure that we have a very solid deworming program to uh, limit the amount of eggs that they're seeding down our pastures with. Well, how do you know if a product is working? How do I know if I'm using a wormer that it is actually working? You know, it's a great, another great question. 
you know, a lot of people just wing it. They just sort of, you know, pick a pretty box off the shelf or go with something that maybe their friends have told them about. But there, there really is a, a well-grounded scientific method that can be used that's easy to do uh, on any farm or ranch. And what we do is the day that we administer the dewormer, we get a fecal sample from that particular horse or group of horses, and then we check the fecal egg count for that horse. And that's going to be expressed in eggs per gram of fecal material. And that's done in the special counting chamber and and uh, in any uh, veterinary clinic can, can conduct that test. We come back two weeks later after the dewormer has been administered and we get another fecal sample from those individual horses and we do a fecal egg count test again. And we compare the two and we want to see a reduction of at least 90%. If it's less than 90% reduction in the egg count, we know that we are starting to develop or have developed a resistance issue and we need to switch to a different class of dewormer on our farm or ranch. Okay, so that's how you overcome the resistance issue is you, you really have to have more information to, to do it intelligently. Right. You yeah. can't deworm your horses and say, well, they look pretty good. Right. So it must be working. Right. Yeah, that's one area where where uh, where you definitely need the testing. And we're going to talk more about fecal testing in our next session that we do here. But in the meantime, you can find out a ton more information at the website. It's by Mita. That's B-I-M-E. DAEquine.com by MetaEquine.com. There's all kinds of great information on there on deworming plans and fecal testing and resistance, just what we talked about. Uh, also, the different types of parasites, and there's a question and answer section, section on there with Dr. Dave. So you can find out more information on the website at BuyMetaEquine.com. Thank you, and we'll talk to you again next month. That was great information that we all need to know as horsemen and women. Uh, so thanks to Bymita for, for giving us all that information. And right after this commercial break, we're going to come back with our trainer uh, Total Saddle Fit Trainer Tip of the Week. This week's dressage training tip is brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, home of the shoulder relief girth. At totalsaddlefit.com. Well, next up, we have the Total Saddle Fit tip of the week. And we love Justin at Total Saddle Fit. He does such a fantastic job um, answering all of our questions. And he's very open to that. And and um, the shoulder relief girth, Philip and I have talked about it tons on the show. And everybody knows that my Denali loves his Total, uh, total Saddle Fit girth. Um, so thanks for Justin for that. Yeah, I think but they make a, trainer- a really... Sorry, I just was going to say it. I was going to... Back, back you up there and say that they that he makes a total <laughs> total awesome saddle fit girth that, that was about it, it the shoulder is. release curve is awesome and i think it should fit like there's no no horse that i wouldn't put this girth on so i think it should fit mm-hmm. all your horses really well and uh fit all types of saddles and and systems really well and and uh you know we love it we do so thank you, Justin. But we're coming with our total saddle fit tip of the week with Shamine Herdado. She is an FEI uh, trainer in California. She's got a great fitness tip for us using a yoga ball. Well, this evening we are answering our listener email. Uh, Philip and I promised we would do this. We had a fitness email come in a couple weeks ago, huh, Philip? It was a little while ago. Uh, I know we've been talking about it for a while, a while but... Ago. 
Exactly. So we have Shanid Hurtado from California. She is a bronze, silver, and gold medalist this evening, and she is also a trainer. So she uh, is a friend of ours from the Young Horse Program, and she has done a fantastic YouTube yoga ball video, and uh, it's all about balance. Shanid, how, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's so fun to be with, on with you guys. I know. Well, we, we had talked about, you know, on at Young Horse a couple years ago when we were there together that we would we would have you on the show. So I'm so excited to have you tonight. So talk to us about a little bit about your YouTube video. So I um, have a bunch of students and I'll say, you know, sit down on your inside seat bone and then they'll lean over or they'll collapse their hip or... You know, they'll sometimes even tighten up their hamstring muscle and pull their seatbone off of the saddle. I'm sure everybody has had little experiences like those. And uh, so I developed this idea to sit on a yoga ball. And um, and while I was sitting on the yoga ball and kind of playing with my seatbone, I noticed how the yoga ball kind of squishes to the other side, just as I always tell my students, the horse's spine will move to the outside when you put your inside seat bone down, right? And then you get bend. And so, um, so I was doing this on the yoga ball, and then I decided, oh, what a great resource for my students to use. And so I made this video. It's about 10 minutes long. And um, people can uh, log on to it on YouTube and, um, you know, check it out. And a lot of people have been subscribing to my channel now from all over the world, which is pretty cool and uh, utilizing that. So they're pretty excited about it. So it's really fun to be able to help a lot of people. Awesome. So what what is your YouTube channel name? So somebody could just maybe just Google it. Or what did you name the video? My YouTube channel name. Yeah, yeah, that's a great idea. My YouTube channel name is Symphony Dressage. And the um, video name is Yoga Ball Balanced Dressage 1. Cool. That's That's pretty yeah. simple, huh? Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So maybe you can just tr- describe a little bit about what's ha- you know, what how how you how you work the ball in the video. Okay, so in the video, I um I actually took a little uh white uh a white out bottle and I made a line on the yoga ball so it would come down my spine in front of me so that the the viewer can watch it and see the spine, in quotes, <laughs> of, the, um, of the horse and how it moves away when you change seat bones. So I spend a lot of time just saying, you know, and I have a pair of uh, breeches on that have pockets on them. So um, I show from the front and from the back how you wait and um, sit on your seat bones. So I think you're going to sit on your seat bones and then you're going to weight it down just a little bit more for more bend. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. You kind of split the yeah, ball absolutely. ball in half like it was a horse, and you and you sit on it and and you use that. I know that a lot of people are right. using the yoga ball now for a ton of you know balance exercises and and core exercises. Right. It's been a really great resource for for a lot of riders. Right. I recently watched a video like that from another trainer, and she did a lot of those stabilizing exercises, and um, and that was really great too. And I thought I'd like to incorporate those into mine. But at the same time, I'm more talking about how you can, like, pretend ride on the yoga ball yeah. as opposed to really, um, you know, working on just strictly fitness. 
So you do a little bit of both. You know, I do some uh, talking about how when you ask for a thing, say, instead of, you know, a lot of people just squeeze with their legs and nothing happens. Instead, I'm talking about initiating that with your seat just a little bit so that that way the horse feels it before you actually put your leg on and say go, right? Right. So don't want a bunch of people squeezing their guts out and nothing happens. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. I've seen it. I've tried it myself. Um, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, how did you get your introduction you know to the yoga ball was it in yoga classes or or how did you come about using it at all oh that's, that's a really good question um i think that i got it from uh, actually from my veterinarian he suggested using it because he also rides with me and trains with me and uh and he was talking about doing all these balancing exercises on it and then i started to sit on it and i thought oh it kind of feels like a horse you know and then I just kind of developed my idea from there. So, yeah. So let me ask you, I, you know, um, when I sit on a yoga ball, because I have really long legs, uh, uh-huh. my knees are almost on the ground. So for someone tall, okay. would you recommend trying these exercises, like lifting the ball somehow? Like how would you recommend oh. that? Hmm. Get a mega ball. Yeah, right? <laughs> I need a mega ball. Because I've done yeah, some really. balancing exercises at, at the gym, and, and I actually felt like I needed to raise the ball so that my legs uh-huh. could hang. I, I, that was just mine because I have long legs, so yeah. that was just mine. I just That's a good question. Had, had, yeah, I think you would just you have, have to make sure you. that it was something wide enough, you know, and you had a wide enough base on something mm-hmm. so, you know, you're not making yourself fall over really badly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I just I wondered if I don't want anybody breaking their necks out there. <laughs> no, no, not not good at all. So now when you're you know, and I watched the video and it's fantastic and I'm gonna send it to all of my students because oh, it is you. a great exercise that I know Snowmageddon has hit pretty much almost <laughs> all the country. So in Canada. Right. So this would be a great, you know, fifteen, twenty minute exercise. You could do it while you're watching TV even and, and, you know, get really comfortable with the ball. I think it's very, very good. Um, so how would you recommend, you know, people start with the video? How would you recommend that? Um, well, you can, you know, get on there and just watch the video first, you know. And, I mean, even if you're sitting in a chair, you know, you can kind of go through the same movements for the most part. I sometimes will have a student writing and I'll go sit in the chair and I'll see now, now watch how the back legs of the chair come up when I pull my hips forward, right? For a sitting trot, let's say. And how the chair will move with my feet if my feet is strong enough to move it. And that's kind of the same idea with the yoga ball. It bounces forward and up and down and follows you, you know, hopefully the way you would follow the horse when you're sitting the trot. It's a little bit backwards, but it still works similarly. And uh, you're just initiating the movement on the yoga ball, but hopefully you're also initiating the movement on the horse. And uh, a lot of times what I find is people will ask for a trot, let's say, and then they stop doing anything, right? And then the horse goes, oh, yeah, that was a great transition. We're done. And so riding the yoga ball, make sure that you keep riding for the, you know, the amount of time that you want to be practicing your sitting trot. Yeah, no, I think it's fantastic, and it's a really good exercise to, you know, I think it strengthens your core, it helps your balance. Uh, there's so many good things that you can do with it, um, and you can really mm-hmm. feel, 
you know, I think I think even having someone video it so you can watch or set up a stationary video camera, let's say behind you, you can really see what right. your hip does and what you what your upper body does as you move. Because I think yeah. some people right. really collapse their hip. You know, you can see if you want to, let's say, weight your right seat bone and you collapse your hip. That's a big deal when you're sitting on the horse. Uh, and you can really Absolutely. see it on the yoga ball. So I think it's... Right, I yeah, because you it's almost a, fall over. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. You don't want to fall off the ball or your <laughs> yeah. horse. Yeah. <laughs> the ball doesn't move to come uh, under you like your idea. nice horse does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, so, so how much, so, you know, let's say somebody wants to practice, you know, with, uh-huh. with the ball every day. You know, would you recommend 10, 15 minutes or how would you recommend people kind of practice daily with the ball? Well, um, I think that a lot of what I do in this video is repetitive. So, you know, so you may want to practice, you know, actually watching the video. But then um, you might want to also, you know, do some more um, exploring on your own. In one part of this video, I say how, okay, now you can practice flying changes, you know, because you can sit on your right seat bone and do a flying change to the right with your left leg back, and you can change and, you know, do it like that. I also did um, a number two video just a couple weeks ago, and uh, that focuses on training level test three. And, um, and I ride through on the yoga ball, but I also have a picture-in-picture of my young horse doing the um, training level test from the championships that we had here in California. And, um, and I go through play-by-play the transitions and the setup and the half-ups and, you know, every little thing. And one from the front and one from the rear and one from the side. And I even have uh, actually reins on that one. So I cast reins to my little stool, and uh, and I held reins while I did that one too. Cool. So just added a little. Oh, bit that's extra. a great idea. Taking it to the next level. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> Love it. So, are so. you going to expand this to you know training level test three, first level test three? Do you have Do you have plans to expand? Yeah, that was kind of my idea. Is I would do test three because then you could work on let's say your championship test, right? Um, throughout the year, kind of just riding on the yoga ball, memorize the test, kind of in real time. Because I know that a lot of my students suffer from, well, show anxiety, performance anxiety, and they get in the ring and they're like, I know my test and I forgot, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. That mind blankness. We get it. Yeah. Exactly. So when you get to championships, not only do you not, you know, usually have a whip with you, but you also can't have somebody read your test. So I thought, well, this way, you know, it makes you write the test over and over and over again in the time that, you know, you would be doing it in the show ring. So, so that's kind of was my thought process behind that. Cool. I love cool. it. So Innovative idea. Your, yeah, yeah I love awesome. it. So let's say we're practicing training level test three. Um, mm-hmm. you, 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 when you're riding the ball, do you ride it, you know, around the arena? Do you start from that point? Where do you, where do you start riding from? Oh, so what I did was I was still in my living room, um, basically the same as the, the first one of the series. I'm calling it a series cause I'm planning to do a few more. Yeah. And, um, so I'm still sitting in my living room. Somebody, uh, I was telling somebody, oh, I have a client that, um, said, well, you should do this in the arena. It would be more realistic. And I said, well, I'm not sitting on a yoga ball in the middle of the dressage arena. That would be embarrassing. I would rather do it in my living room. 
I like it. Your dog comes in too. Your dog is helping at one point. Right. I love it. You right. Like, I have yeah, a, um, I know. I have my Rottweiler laying behind me, and I have a potbelly pig. She makes a little appearance. <laughs> All the celebrities. Uh, so, but I wanted to show, you know, you can practice this at home in your own living room with your own animals running around and stuff like that. Instead of, or you children. have to go to the barn. Right, yeah, children, absolutely. I had one lady, uh, she sent me a comment and she said, my husband was laughing his butt off watching me do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, entertainment for the husbands too. Yes, entertainment. Yeah, right? Mine, Mike would just say, oh, she's doing something crazy again and just walk out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Poor guy. Oh, uh, yeah, right? <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, so in the training level test three video, um, I'm, I'm exactly kind of in the same situation. And uh, what I do is I have a little picture-in-picture picture, um, in the corner that shows the horse going around at the same time. Right, right. So, so you're mirroring, mirroring in your living room what's going on with the yeah. test. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I got it. And it's funny, the it. first... Yeah, the first couple of takes were really comical because I was way slower at explaining what I was doing than the test was, and pretty soon he was cantering and I was still finishing. The You're still, line, yeah. You, know? you had to catch up. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> so I had to go a little faster, but um, but yeah, so it was it was pretty fun to do. Well, it is a fantastic idea, and you know, I think all the sports psychologists you talk about, or or we've talked about it here on the show with the vis- visualization. The more times you can actually ride the test, not and sometimes if that means not necessarily on the horse. You know, yeah. you're getting a lot of practice, what with right. doing this on the ball. I love it. So I think it's a really, really great idea and something that we can really, you know, you can expand as as this series continue. I'm really excited to see this series continue. Well, thank you. Yeah, I have been doing it and, and getting uh, little comments from people around the world. I had a, a English gal send me something saying that it's brilliant and she's going to go have a practice. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I so thought, again, let's, right. let's give our listeners... Let's give our listeners the YouTube video, uh, the YouTube channel, one more time so they can find it. Okay, so it's uh, you can go to my channel. That's Symphony Dressage, as in violins and cellos and things like that, in the symphony. And uh, the video is actually called Yoga Ball Balanced Dressage. And there's a one and there's a two. And I also have a fun. I also have a fun thing on my channel if everybody wants to check it out. Um, I recently was at the California Horse Expo. Uh, I, I was a demo rider for Charles the Comfy. Oh, cool. And um, I had a really fun time with Charles. But then uh, Chris Cox, he's a Western yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Chris. guy. Yeah, he's uh, on RFPV and all this stuff. I didn't really know who he was. But they right. asked me if I would do an exhibition with him. Yeah. And uh, so he was going to ride my horse. And I said, sure. So he started okay. riding my horse. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I said, she's a hot tamale. I don't know, you know, how she's going to be. In right. Of a big crowd of people. Right. So um, you guys can cut me off if I'm going to. On no, no. I, I'm, I'm curious about this. Yeah. But what, okay. what was going on? This is interesting. Okay. Very cool. So the reason why I mentioned it is because he rode my horse and I thought he did a really nice job. And you got it on and, video? Um, uh, I don't have that on video. Oh. Because that was before. <laughs> 
Yeah. But um, but then I got her back to the barn. He said, okay, well, let's do this and stuff. And I got her back to the barn, and he called me, and he said in his Texas accent, you know, Charmaine, I think you should ride your mare. <laughs> oh, yeah. So... So what was fun, though, is, yeah. um, is we did this in front of a big crowd, and uh, he said, I'm going to talk about English and dressage, and I want you just to ride and, you know, just show your horse and, you know, and everything else. So I said, okay. So um, so he had some very, very nice things to say about dressage, and I was so impressed because he was talking to the crowd, and, you know, they were all there to see him. Right. And... Uh, he said, you know, I love my cowboy hat just as much as any of you all, but, you know, we learned from these people that do dressage. And he said, they've been doing this for thousands of years, right. and we've only been doing Western for a few hundred. And I thought that was just really, really That's kind cool of a cool experience, yeah. To say that, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was very fun. So if people are looking at my video and going, yeah, but can she really ride? You can look at that too. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, cool. Well, awesome. Uh, yeah, I, well, we really appreciate you joining us on the show this week and and giving us uh, some yoga ball tips and and uh, that's a great thing for fitness. There's a ton of yoga ball videos and and different things out there that people can right. use as a resource for for fitness. And then we can bring it back to the horse idea and you know encompass right. all all kinds of things to uh, to help us ride when we're not riding, right? Right, exactly. That's the whole point that I was trying to come around to, exactly. Well, thanks again, and we'll talk to you real soon. One of the most common and dangerous saddle fit concerns is the restriction of the shoulder's freedom to move. Some saddles slide over the shoulder blade while riding, some permanently rest on the top of the shoulders, and some pinch behind the shoulders, which inhibits full movement and leads to soreness and poor conformation. Short of buying an entirely new saddle, what can you do to give your horse the comfort to freely move his shoulders and perform at his highest potential? The saddle fit solution you have been waiting for is finally here. TotalSaddleFit.com is proud to introduce the shoulder relief girth. This strategically shaped girth actually moves the girth line of your saddle back over one inch, thereby freeing your horse's shoulders from the saddle. Traditional girths pull saddles up against a horse's shoulders and often over the top of the shoulders. The shoulder relief girth's recessed ends allow for the billets to buckle into the girth farther back to give your horse unparalleled freedom of motion. An added bonus to the shoulder relief girth's unique design is the elbow comfort feature. The recessed ends designed for saddle fit now relieve pressure for elbow comfort as well. Similar girths can be purchased for over $275. But thanks to the enormous popularity of the shoulder relief girth, we are able to offer them for only $124.95. We are so certain that your saddle will fit better and your horse will be more comfortable that for a limited time we are offering a 30-day, 110% money-back guarantee. If you are not totally satisfied with your shoulder relief girth, send it back for a full refund plus 10% of the purchase price. Don't wait. Order now for the best saddle fit solution available. Thank you, Shameen, for that trainer tip of the week, uh, total saddle fit trainer tip of the week. Uh, the emails and shout outs, we love it. Actually, both, this show really came from all of our emails because we, we love, love, love emails and Facebook shout outs. And we do try to answer the questions as we go through. So thank you for that. 
Um, and everybody, you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com, and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. You can find me at fellowparksequestrian.com, and my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank all of our sponsors for allowing us to put on a great show, and don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back, and we'll talk to you next week.